Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Dina Calmetti here and Susan Davis with Jesus 24-7. And today we are going to talk about the topic, Stocking Up on Spiritual Bread, Part 2. So Susan, this is a very interesting topic, again, that we're going to talk about today. Well, right, Dina. And it's it kind of co-aligns with our end-time news reports that we do. It kind of goes alongside the special report that we did on drought recently. Mm-hmm. And we did a report, this is part two, so we've done a report on this before. And people are probably wondering, well, why are you doing more? And that's because more is going on, okay? <laughs> And a lot more is going on. And I don't think people overall have the big picture of what's going on in the world on this topic. And because we've accumulated a lot of information, we're going to, this is not the week in review. This is kind of, you know, the past few months in review. We've seen a lot of headlines that are indicating that the world is heading towards famine which is mentioned in the Bible. And so we're going to delve into this because we're going to do what we normally do every week. We're going to look at international headlines and talk about them and bring this out, you know, about what's going on with the whole famine thing. And is it something to be concerned about? Well, if you're going to be, you know, left behind after the Lord comes, yes. You'd really be concerned about this. But if you are wanting to leave in the rapture, according to scripture, it shouldn't be of concern to you. And that right there tells how very close the Lord's coming is because these headlines reflect that his coming has to be right at the door. And so we're going to talk about this whole concept of famine and, you know, the world we live in right now. And we're going to take a look at some of these headlines. We're just going to expand on some of them and we're just going to review several. We'll just go over them because we really want people to understand the hour that you're in and, you know, what these news stories reflect. So let's go ahead and delve right in and take a look here's a headline from prophecy news watch it says will catastrophic crop losses in 2022 lead to unprecedented shortages in 2023 goes on to say crops are failing all over the globe but most people don't even know that this is happening because the big television news channels aren't talking much about it instead they remain intensely focused on politics day after day Without a doubt, the political realm is important, but there should also be plenty of time to discuss a raging global crisis, which is going to be deeply affecting all of us. The food that is not being grown this year is not going to be on our plates next year. But the vast majority of the population doesn't understand this. They see plenty of food in the stores now, and they just assume that everything is going to be okay. And so, unfortunately, everything is not going to be okay. And over in the United Kingdom, a major British news source is warning of a widespread crop failures across England. And so, I mean, this is just... I mean, I don't even know how to even begin. There's so much to talk about here. But half of the potato crop is expected to fail as it cannot be irrigated. And even crops that have usually drought tolerance, such as maize, have been failing. The group was told irrigation options are diminishing with reservoirs being emptied fast and losses of 10 to 50% are expected for crops, including carrots, onions, sugar, beet, apples, and hops. 
Milk production is also down nationally because of lack of food for cows. And wildfires are putting large areas of farmland at risk. And the British are assuming that they will get enough food to feed their population from someone else. Okay, so I want to move forward. Here's a headline. Pakistan food crisis worsens over 1.25 euro billion of crop damage in Pakistan floods. Three million acres of cropland adversely affected. And we've reported on those floods in Pakistan, Dina. I mean, they have been unbelievable in in their size and range. Yes, they have. They? Yes, they have. Absolutely horrendous for the people that have to live through that. Oh, yeah. They've been massive. I think at one point they said the land mass that was flooded in Pakistan that's not typically flooded was the size of the state of Colorado. Can you fathom that? Oh, my goodness. And that's that a lot of it is, you know, farms and crop activity. And so that goes back to this headline says three million acres of cropland adversely affected. Well, now you can see why. Okay, so let's take a look at another one. Europe's energy crisis is turning into a food crisis. Runaway energy inflation has taken a toll on European industry. But another threat is looming. Europe's two biggest fertilizer suppliers, Russia and Belarus, have retaliated against European sanctions by cutting off fertilizer exports. The fact remains the global food chain, especially its European links, is not in a good place right now. Runaway energy price inflation has wreaked havoc on European industrial activity, with the heaviest consumers taking the brunt. Aluminum and steel smelters are shutting down because of energy costs. Chemical producers are moving to the United States. BASF is planning a permanent downsizing. So there is, however, a bigger problem than all of these would constitute for their respective industries. Fertilizer makers are also shutting down their plants, and fertilizer imports are down because the biggest suppliers of fertilizers for Europe were Russia and Belarus, both currently under sanctions. I mean, nobody thinks about these things, right, Dina? That's right, yeah. I mean, here we go. I I mean, we're back to that war in, between Russia and the Ukraine being a trigger point for a lot of problems, okay? And this one is one of them. Russia accounts for 45% of the global ammonia nitrate supply, according to figures from the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy cited by the Federal Trade. But it also accounts for 18% of the supply of potash, potassium containing salts that are one of the main ingredients of fertilizers, and 14% of phosphate exports. Belarus is a major exporter of fertilizers too, especially potash. But Belarus has been under European Union sanctions since 2021 on human rights allegations. And unlike Russia, it has seen its fertilizer industry targeted by these sanctions. This is made for an unfortunate coincidence for Europe and its food security. Like you see, all these things are linked together, Dina. Mm -hmm. And when one piece of the puzzle is missing, it can be a major problem. And I think that's what we're seeing right here, okay? War does that. Exactly, exactly. And we know that there's a lot of crop loss in Ukraine itself. Ukraine is a bit of a breadbasket area for Europe. A lot of people don't realize that, and you can't do that when there's a war going on, right? That's right. 
Yeah, people can't farm the same way when there's a war. No, they cannot. Or they make cannot. bread or, you know, whatever they do. Not when they're being bombed. No, it is not the same. Now, U.S. farmers face a plague of pests as soil temperatures rise. Milder winters could threaten crop yields as plant-eating insects spread northwards and become more voracious, according to researchers. Now, see, you see there's an outcome from this increased temperature that we're experiencing worldwide, especially as we're going into hotter times, you know, summer after summer. And so now we're seeing the rise of pestilence, which is going to affect crops and even creating a plague of pests, according to this report. Now, we're going to look at the California drought. The latest victims are rice farms. The American West has been caught in the worst drought in more than a millennium for most of the past two decades, spurring farmers and businesses from tomatoes to alfalfa to cut output and to change the way they do business. So, I mean, this is just unbelievable. I mean... As I go through these headlines, and there are so many, I've kind of selected a few to kind of focus in on. But I just want to say this, Dina. The whole concept of famine that we're moving towards is not being caused by any one thing. It's kind of, as you would say, a. it's kind of one of those things, you know, where it's a storm coming from all angles. Yes. Like the perfect storm sort of thing. Yes. And you can't really point the finger at any one culprit. It's a combination of things. It's pestilence. It's lack of fertilizer. It's soil problems. It's war. It's governments and bad decision making. And it just goes on. The list goes on and on and on. And it's even, you know, terrorism is involved. And so the outcome is not going to be good. But here's another one. Christian farmers lose land as Pakistan floods kill a thousand. So we have a lot of Christian farmers over there who've lost crops and livestock in Pakistan's devastating floods that killed more than a thousand people, according to aid workers. Millions marching to starvation. World Food Program's warning as drought grips Horn of Africa. A WFP-backed food distribution in Adadal, Ethiopia in January says that more than 13 million people across Ethiopia, Kenya, and Somalia face severe hunger as the driest conditions in decades spread a devastating drought across the Horn of Africa. The World Food Program is warning. Crop failures and abnormally high rate of livestock deaths are dealing a crushing blow. So we see problems in Africa. Well, this coincides with the special report we did recently on uh, rivers in drought. And I highly recommend that if you haven't seen that video that we did to go back and watch that, you can't possibly have that many rivers drying up around the world and there not be an impact to agriculture, Dina. That's right. And so Africa is reflecting that because they're in a major drought. And we talked about some major, major river waterways in Africa that are completely drying up. And it's just shocking. But, you know, Africa is the kind of country that without water, they just cannot handle it. And they're going to suffer in agriculture and many other ways, including livestock and all the things that pertain to feeding that large amount of people in Africa. There's a lot of people that live in Africa. This is going to be a huge, huge 
thing. Now we see also here widespread hunger and a deep financial crisis are putting nearly 20 million people in Afghanistan in danger. Many of them are suffering from acute hunger. Well, this goes on. We've been watching this for a while now and it's still ongoing, but now it's spreading to other parts of the world and it's going to even, I'm afraid, say it's going to affect the Western world as well as Europe very soon. Absolutely. I believe that too. Also, this headline, very scary. European agriculture hit hard by climate change and drought. Our vines are suffering, said Vintner Excavier Collard Dutil, who, with his wife, Pascal, runs Chateau Maziris, Bellevue, near St. Emilion in southwestern France. So lacking rain, the organic vineyard's parched clay-rich soil is almost as hard as cement, he told Yahoo News. And he predicted that his harvest, which typically yields enough for 35,000 bottles, will be down by 30% this year. And so, you know, we are talking about the Po River in Italy is drying up. It says here in this article, in northern Italy, there was little winter snow this year and even less springtime rain, and extreme summer temperatures have evaporated what little moisture remains. Just as rivers across Europe have all but dried up, the Po River, a major source of irrigation in the river's fertile valley, is a trickle, and the normally marshy rice paddies it irrigates are brown and cracked. We have no water, Fabrizio Rizzotti, a seventh-generation rice farmer, told Yahoo News. The plants are curling up and dying in the fields. This year, he expects to harvest favored for risotto to be 30% of what it was last year. But you know what? I mean, you know, jokes aside, I'm just going to tell you straight up, we've looked at major riverways in Europe that are just drying up in the drought video we did and that would be the rhine the danube and the po river between those three major riverways that's a lot of europe that they affect i mean this is a huge huge thing okay so we're gonna keep looking at these headlines you've probably heard of zero hedge which reports on stuff they're talking about market situation really precarious world's largest rice exporter faces output decline amid heat wave And so the situation is really precarious. World's largest exporter is India. And the effects of elevated food prices have rippled worldwide and forced governments to impose price controls and trade restrictions. Price increases are due to supply constraints driven by several variables, including high energy prices, geopolitics, and weather. Okay, here's the word Ukraine again. Restarted maritime transport of crops to the rest of the world, forcing grain prices to slip through the food crisis is far from over. Okay, the next challenge for global food supply could be a plunge in rice production. Fast forward months later and our suspicions appear to be right as India. The world's largest rice exporter has seen planting areas of the crop decline by 13% due to heat waves and drought. And boy, India's got their own issues over there. They've got the drought too. Yeah, they do. And we've seen major waterways through there dry up, just completely drying up. And this is, I mean, rice, you know, is like a staple, Dina. It sure is. I mean, it's a food staple, and if you ever see how they transport rice, they 
they transport it in mass in huge bags. I mean, and if this goes down, this is kind of, you know, the kind of thing that feeds the world, you know? We need our rice. Yeah, and we're going to continue to get into this. Now, I want to talk about another shocking thing, evidence of coming famine. Majority of farmers warn Trudeau's emission restrictions would cause group would cause crop production to plummet. So we're taking a look at what's going on in Canada right now. And it's tragic. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business, which is CFIB, advised against requiring farmers to reduce the use of nitrogen fertilizer as a recent survey shows 72% of farmers warn it will lead to a plummet in crop production. Nitrogen fertilizer is an essential crop nutrient and an important input for Canadian farmers. CFIB policy analyst Taylor Brown stated, forcing them to reduce their use of fertilizer would result in decreased yield of their crop, less profitability and competitiveness. He added, given the current global challenges to food supply, now is not the time to add policies that threaten to reduce yields even further. And the federal government should give farmers more autonomy and provide support if they want to voluntarily improve their nitrogen management and adopt better practices. Okay, so what does this all mean? Okay, I'll tell you what it means. It means Trudeau is blocking Canadian farmers from having nitrogen in fertilizer that produces crops for Canadian farmers. Now, I want to tell you, do you want to know how bad this is, Dina? Tell us. Okay, well, first of all, what is the motive? Why would they do something to their own people? It almost sounds like they're shooting themselves in the foot, right? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Okay, but this is about climate change. It's about, you know, the green. We've got to protect, you know, the planet. That's what this is about. But it is such a deal breaker for the Canadian farmers that they are hanging themselves from the grief and the stress over losing their farms and their livelihood. Those poor people. I mean, it's a fact. The Canadian farmers are now committing suicide over this. That's how serious this is. And it will be a problem for the Canadians and ultimately the world because countries feed each other, right? That's right. That's how we do it. I mean, you know, if there's a big piece of the puzzle missing, then it affects the whole world and it's going to affect everyone. You say, well, that's just Canada. No, it's going to affect us. Ultimately, it will affect others. Now here, we're going to go to another part of the planet. It's game over. We are praying for a hurricane. South Texas will run out of water by spring of 2023 unless the drought breaks in Mexico. Northern Mexico's water crisis is spilling into Texas, drying out the two binational reservoirs of the Rio Grande, on which millions of people and a billion dollars in agriculture rely. So one reservoir, Lake Falcon, is just 9% full. Nearby communities are scrambling to extend water intakes and install auxiliary pumps to capture its final dregs. The other reservoir, Amistad, is at less than one-third. It's reached its historic low, said Maria 
Alina Geiner, Commissioner of the International Boundary and Waters Commission, which manages the touchy business water sharing with Mexico on the Rio Grande. This is a historic moment in terms of what our agency is facing in challenges. So in far south Texas, the two most populous counties issued disaster declarations last week, while others struggle to keep up with unfolding crises. If big rains don't come, current supplies will run dry in March of 2023 for some 3 million people who live along both sides of the river in its middle and lower reaches. That's it. It's game over at this point, said Martin Castro, Watershed Science Director at the Rio Grande International Studies Center in Laredo. And that's six months away. It's not looking good. Okay, and so we did talk about that in our drought coverage. We talked about the Rio Grande, main tributary in the world, drying up. Now, let me get back to another headline here that's just incredible. Nuclear war between two nations could spark global famine. Even a small conflict in which two nations unleash nuclear weapons on each other could lead to worldwide famine, research suggests. Soot from burning cities would encircle the planet and cool it by reflecting sunlight back into space. This, in turn, would cause global crop failures that, in a worst-case scenario, could put 5 billion people on the brink of death. A large percent of the people will be starving, says Lila Zia a climate scientist at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, who led the work. It's really bad. So what am I saying here? I'm saying here that in Revelation, if you go into Revelation chapter 6, Dina, which is a post-rapture event, Mm -hmm. there are the seals. We talk about them as the four horses of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I wanted to mention those horses. The first one is Antichrist. And we know we can see an Antichrist system coming together right now. It's very apparent. And that's the first seal. The second seal is war. We're talking major war. We're talking World War Three, essentially. And then the third seal is famine and economic disaster. Okay. And then the fourth seal is the pale horse, and that is death. And so this headline that I just read is completely ripped right out of the Bible, okay? And how does that work? It's talking about nuclear war between two nations could spark global famine, and they're proving it right here. Because we're going to see that, I believe, in the second seal, in a world war, in the second rider, the red horse, following Antichrist, the white horse. And then what comes after that? Right here it says famine, and that's the third seal. Famine and economic downturn, which follows cataclysmic war, which we would see in the second seal. And by the fourth seal, we're going to see death. And they line it, they outline it right here. It says this in turn would cause global crop failures that in worst case scenario could put 5 billion people on the brink of death. Now, isn't it fascinating that this just is, is, you know, outlining the Bible to a T, okay? That's so amazing. Right, and guess what came first? Revelation came before these reports, okay? That's right. Here's the fascinating thing. If you go into, you know, and I hate to do it, but I will, it's a shameless plug for our Revelation for Beginner series that we did. The video series where we cover 22 chapters of Revelation. And Dina, when I was working on that project, I took the percentages that the Bible talks about in Revelation 
having to do with the death of people during tribulation. Mm -hmm. And I took those percentages and added them up based on a population of 8 billion people on the planet, okay? And the numbers of people dead, based on those percentages and based on the number of people in the world now, line up pretty close to what this lady's talking about here, that there could put 5 billion people on the brink of death. And she's really close to being accurate. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Very. And so I do think that we will see, not maybe the church, because we're coming to the end of the church age, but I do believe that the planet Earth will experience nuclear war, and it will create calamity upon calamity, just as the Bible outlined. And, you know, this goes back to how accurate is God's word to the penny. Yes, it is. You know what? It's to the point. It's to the dot or the crossing of the T. You know, God doesn't mince words. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And as we go on, you know, through this report, I can tell you that, you know, if I read these headlines, it's not just the few I've read. There are incredible headlines. Here's one. France on drought alert with farmers forced to reduce water use by 50% in some regions. Harvest also threatened by recurrent heat wave. And again, back to Africa, 50 million people in East Africa to face acute food insecurity, experts say, according to LA Times. California's farmland rapidly turns to dust amid water crisis. That was from Zero Hedge. Italian authorities, 70% of crops are gone in the Po River Delta. And here's a headline, they are now destroying food in Australia. Fruit and vegetable crops wiped out by unseasonal rainy cold weather in Queensland and floods in New South Wales. Yeah, the flooding aspect is another thing. We've mentioned quite a bit about the drought situation, but the floods also all over the planet. And, you know, if you want to get in on what that's about, go over to our Facebook page, which is End Times Floods, and check that out. If you think the floods around the planet are not affecting our agriculture and food production and what the future holds. I mean, once a land is flooded, Dina, it takes a while to recover from some of these catastrophic floods, right? That's right, yeah. And, you know, I'm talking about floods that are like, you know, we're seeing flooding that is, you know, comes over the top of, you know, a building. Like Pakistan. What happened to them? They lost entire villages. People can't even find their homes. No, they can't. And we're talking biblical type floods, okay? Yeah. These are huge. These are huge. I mean, how big? I mean, I've seen flood pictures, and you can go to our page, because we we put up a lot of pictures, and I've seen floods that have carried cars down rivers like they're Hot Wheel cars. It's just little toys. It's amazing. And so, you know, we continue to see, you know, all of this kicking up. I I mean, here's another one. Famine is near. Giant swarms of locusts devour crops and ravage livestock feed across Russia. You know, millions of locusts were ravaging agricultural land in southern Russia, devouring crops and causing local authorities to sound the alarm in the region near the Black Sea. So we've had, you know, we've got pestilence. We've got the rise of pestilence. We've seen a lot of that. And I'm sure that as we move in towards 
tribulation. There will be an increase of pestilence. We've seen intense hailstorms like this one in China causing severe crop damage. All of these things that are going on are leading to, you know, worldwide food shortages. What is this all about? It's called judgment, Dina. That's right. This is judgment by God. And it is, it, the, the headlines are incredible. Just over and over we're seeing, like I said, it's not any one event or type of thing. It's just a whole combination of things all over the planet. Uh, we have another page we call End Times Mass Animal Deaths. Now, we've talked about agriculture and crops, and I want to mention this other aspect of food shortages. If you go over to our page, Facebook, End Times Mass Animal Deaths, you will be shocked at all the fish, the fowl, and the mammals that are dying. Now, how does that affect us? Well, it affects us big time. We're talking about the salmon industry in Alaska has shut down because they were not able to get, you know, there were so many salmon dying. They've had the king snow crab and the snow crab industry completely shut. They will not fish or, you know, go after the snow crabs because they fear complete wipeout because there's been so many dead. You know, we see fish all over the planet coming into the shores. What does that stem from? Well, I believe it stems from pollution in the oceans, things like Fukushima. You know, they never got that shut down. Fukushima was going on for a decade now since it first got hit. They have never been able to shut that mess down. And the last thing I heard was their last-ditch effort to deal with it is to begin to put their polluted, poison, radiated water into the ocean. And I want to talk about that for a minute. The ocean is dynamic. It is not static. And what happens? It moves all over the planet. The polluted water will go all over the planet. And they've, they've admitted that this is what their plan is. I personally believe they've already been doing it for a long time now. I think that they're just coming clean because obviously they can't fix this crisis that they're in. But, you know, we've got another power plant, one of the largest ones in Europe, in Ukraine, that they're firing at. Again, these kinds of things and events are going to lead to catastrophic events that ultimately are going to have an effect on food output for people all over the planet. And so we see the fish coming into the shores dead, and not just fish, but, you know, it's destroying all sorts of underwater life forms. Every Even the plankton, we've talked about the plankton in past broadcasts. Phytoplankton is so delicate, anything, almost anything can destroy it because it's microscopic. Well, this is what a lot of our mammals and fish feed on, phytoplankton. And so we've seen a lot of fish, sea life, like dolphins, porpoises, whales, and uh, seal pups, and those kinds of things coming into shore. Not just dead, but their rib cages showing. They absolutely they have, and turtles as well. There's one, you know, if they're not starving because they a lack of food, because the phytoplankton's all being killed off by pollutants like Fukushima, then the other thing, Dina, is... They're filling their bodies with plastic yeah, and other pollutants because they have nothing else to eat. And so now they're finding these animals, they come in either completely emaciated with their rib cages showing or they're just stuffed full of, they're eating plastic and junk in the ocean. 
And this is just heartbreaking. It's, it's, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. And the other thing is the foul, you know, the avian flu all over the planet. There's been so much calling of chickens and, you know, all kinds of geese, any kind of any kind of animal like that. They're, they're on farms. They get these the avian flu. And I mean, it's just fantastic what we're seeing. Then there's this whole thing about terrorism. And we reported this in the last show. You can go back and watch that. I recommend you go back and watch part one if you haven't already. But we have seen over 100 plants not just in america but a lot in america but all over the world food processing plants being destroyed through odd fires and damages and they call them accidental fires but there's disease or all kinds of causes there's a long list of that we discussed that in the last show it's like you know to me i don't think there's any way that this can just be coincidental okay you know it's just Fantastic. If you went down the list, here are just a few of them. Best View Farms, Lincoln Premier Poultry, Shears Food Potato Chip Plant, A Fire Destroys Deli Star Meat Plant in Fayetteville, Illinois, Nutrient AG Solutions Fertilizer Facility Burns. I mean, just on and on and on. This list goes on. Well over 100. And that that's shocking. It makes you wonder what is going on here. It looks to me like there is an intentional effort to destroy food processing plants. And I think, you know, you've heard about this before. I think you're right. There's something nefarious going on here. And this isn't just accidents. It's intentional. I believe that too. Oh, yeah. And it's it's incredible. So what does this all mean for you? You know, people who are listening to this, what does this mean for you? I know a lot of people are out there stocking up on food. They're putting MREs, <laughs> you know, they're buying all this stuff, right? But here's the thing that I want to talk about. Something that the Lord showed me is that if you look at the scripture, Dina, and you follow along scripture, mm-hmm. I don't care what these headlines say. The Bible is the first word in every way. Amen. Okay. And so the headlines coming up about the soon coming food shortages have people worried about what is coming. But the Bible says something different. After the church age, in Revelation 2 and 3, in Revelation 4, the dead in Christ rise first. Then the church is raptured and given their crowns. Then in Revelation 5, the saints throw their crowns at Jesus' feet. And then we find that he alone is worthy to open the seals. Now, what are those seals? There are 21 specific judgments, and there are seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls are also known as vials. Some people hear vials or bowls. They're the same. But in Revelation 6, Jesus has opened the first seal, which is the white horse of the apocalypse, which is the revealing of the Antichrist. In Revelation 6, the second seal is opened, the red horse, which is war. And in Revelation 6, we see that the third seal opens, and that's the black horse, which is famine and economic downturn. Also, we see the fourth seal open, and that's the pale horse, which is, of course, death. And we did talk about that. Now, if you move into Revelation 7, because we're just kind of doing a quickie overview summary, but in 7, we see the left-behind church that comes out of the Great Tribulation, which is numbered so great they cannot be counted by John, John of Revelation. 
So clearly there are two different groups, okay? How do we know? We know because the raptured church, which is the five virgins with full oil lamps, also known as, a.k.a. the Bride of Christ, in Revelation chapter 4. And here is the scripture that applies to the bride. In Luke 17, 26 through 28, it says, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. And so then we turn back to the Great Tribulation left behind church, and that's the five virgins without a full oil lamp. And we go and look at that in chapter 7 of Revelation. And here's the scripture that applies to that group. In Revelation 7, 16, it says, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. So now we know there are two different groups, Dina. Mm -hmm. The first one is the raptured church is eating, drinking, marrying, giving to marriage, building, planting, working, sleeping before the rapture. And then the left behind church hungers and thirsts before arriving in heaven. And so since the raptured church is eating and drinking at the time of the rapture, it cannot, cannot be confused with the left behind church. Since the world is heading for food shortages, then the conditions that have to be met at the time of rapture is eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, then the rapture has to be closing in. And you, listener, need to get ready. And so, you see, everything is coming to a head. But, you know, when I'm out driving around, Dina, I see a lot of building going on, at least where I'm at. No, There's still too. building. What's it like in, in your area? No, oh, yeah, they're still building and planting and marrying and giving in marriage it's uh nothing has stopped you know people are still living life that's right and so the fact that i just spoke about headlines they're talking about a culminating food famine food shortage that's global that is indicating that the rapture has got to be at the door Okay, because those conditions have to be met for the bride, the rapture church. She will not see the food famine. That takes place after, you know, well into the seals, the third seal after war and Antichrist is revealed. And so the fact that we're talking today about these incredible headlines that I I just touched on a few. I didn't really talk about them all we just we just scratched the surface because we don't have you know more time to go through it all but we we talked about you know the rivers drying up the floods creating agricultural difficulties we talked about fertilizer issues we talked about governments holding back critical fertilizer to the farmers we've talked about fish fowl and mammals dying off everywhere We've talked about extreme heat. We've talked about all these weather conditions, pestilences, and even terrorism contributing to worldwide food shortages. Yes, 
it's going to happen. But this is just indicative of just how very close the return of Jesus Christ for his church, where he calls her out of the air. He doesn't touch ground. That's in the second coming. Not to be confused with the second coming. But he, he calls his church out of the earth, puts her away to safety. And if you want more details about how that works, please go over to our Revelation for Beginners a series, line by line. It's for anybody. If you, even if you've never read Revelation before in your life, and, it, and it's something that is, you know, you've decided you don't even want to tackle, come join us and tackle it with us. We will hold your hand through the process. Right, Dina? That's right. It really is easy to understand when, you know, it's done step by step. So I encourage you guys, you know, come and join us. It's verse by verse. It's, um, and it's exciting. It's a lot of fascinating things. And, you know, the Bible says that um, those who read the book of Revelation will be blessed. So who can't be blessed? Right? Right, right. And, you know, this sounds really horrendous because it is, okay? But here's the exciting thing. It's not if you know the Lord Jesus. If you are, if you turn your life over to the Lord Jesus now, you can avoid all of this horrible stuff that's coming to the planet. This is judgment from God for a world that has turned their back to him. That's what it is, straight up. There's no other reason that's or right. no explanation for this. Now, you're going to hear other explanations, but that's the real explanation. And you don't have to be caught in this mess. If you just turn your heart over to the Lord Jesus now, do it today. Because time is running out. It's running out swiftly. Right, Dina? That's right. Today's the day of your salvation. Make a decision today, you guys. Time is short. No one's promised tomorrow, too. Right, and we put these videos together, we collect all this data and, you know, try to tell you what's going on because we can see just how significantly close the Lord is. And, you know, I don't know what you're hearing from your church. I mean, perhaps you're hearing nothing, and but we're here to tell you that there is something going on. And you look around and you think, wow, my church isn't talking about this, but I think something's going on. You would be right. You would be right. We just want you to join us in, you know, the, the research we did in these videos and other videos we do. And we encourage you to turn your life over to the Lord Jesus and do it now. Don't wait. And if you have any questions, you guys, we're here for you. You know, any further questions, you can email us. Our email addresses are below this video. But yeah, seek the Lord today. You know, ask him for forgiveness of your sins. Repent of your sins. Turn away from them. Completely surrender your life to him. Talk to him every day. You know, you can talk to God, you know, like a friend because he wants to be your friend. And he knows everything about you. Read the Bible so that you can learn about him. You know, um, a great book to start in is the book of John in the New Testament. Um, another great place to start is, of course, in the book of Genesis at the very beginning of the Bible. But, uh, you know, um, seek him, talk to him, get close with God. He loves you. He died for you so that you can have eternal life, so that you can spend eternity with him in heaven. So... I encourage you to do that today. And um, I'd like to say thank you, Susan, for bringing all of these headlines, you know, to us. It's just amazing what is happening right now and, and how very close we really are to his return. 
And so thank you for sharing this with us and also the Bible verses. And thank you to all of you who tune into this show uh, faithfully. Thank you so much. And um, this will be available, of course, on YouTube and on our playlist, Jesus 24-7. It'll also be available on Susan's YouTube, Marriage Supper of the Lamb, and also on our Jesus 24-7 Facebook page, our Jesus 24-7 podcast, and our Jesus 24-7 Rumble. It'll also be available on uh, my Rumble, CWW7 News, and I think that's it. You know, leave your comments below this video. We love hearing from you. Share this video, you know, guaranteed there is somebody in your family, maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody on your Facebook that has never heard of what's happening right now. You know, open their eyes, do the work of an evangelist, you know, share this with everybody that you can. And Susan, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, just a big thank you to Dina for your hard work and all that you do with the video production and behind the scenes. And also our team, we have a team of people that help us do what we do. And, you know, we just want to give them a big shout out. And thanks to our viewers, listeners everywhere. Please pray for us as we work tirelessly trying to put out this information. And we do appreciate your prayers every week. Yes. We need your prayers, you guys, and we'll be praying for you too. So with all of that said, um, thank you again, everybody, and uh, we will talk to you soon. God bless.